perfect mess is my perfect mess. going on everybody this is the perfect mess podcast and i'm your host ray molina and welcome to episode 13 well today is 9 11 and i'm pretty sure we all know uh what 9 11 means to us here in the united states uh it was a very very uh tragic uh day for us um and you know it's something that i you know it's that's in our history that we're never going to forget and i want to make sure to uh on my behalf send uh, condolences to uh the families and people who were affected uh directly and indirectly uh through these events that happened on 911 um i i got to tell you i uh I did get a chance to go to New York um, probably four years after that had happened. And uh, I was excited about going. Um, first of all, my first trip to New York, I want to definitely make sure I give uh, a special shout out to uh, a friend of mine for, uh, named Brandon that, um, that helped me get there. Uh, I am very thankful for people who've helped me do certain things in my life. Um, and my first trip to New York was basically to go out there and uh, with some magazine uh, partners that I had who had a magazine uh, called Southwest Bound. Uh, and I was going to go out there and help basically line up artists uh, to do interviews for them uh, for this magazine. Uh, it was a Latin rap conference. And it was a way for me to get out there and do some networking. And I took the opportunity. Everything was paid. Uh, and I did it. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that. So shout out to Brandon, uh, Derek B., uh, and uh, a few of the other guys, uh, Danny D. also. Uh, we were all out there uh, in Manhattan for, I think it was all three of our first time. Um, but this was about four or five years after 9-11. Um, the first night I was there by myself, which was very interesting, uh, taking the subway by myself, learning how to navigate that, um, heading down to SOBs, which is a club out there, uh, running into some people uh, that were from the West Coast and, and, and getting to know people and just kind of experience in New York for the first time it was quite uh quite interesting for me that first night was very interesting um because I ended up taking the subway back home about three in the morning uh to my hotel uh took it the wrong way had to jump back on and go the other way it was yeah if there was ever a time that I could have been mugged or something seriously happened to me it was definitely that night uh, that, that first night I spent alone in New York. Uh, but it was a great night. It was a night that I'll never forget. Um, because it was the first time that I had been to the East coast and 
oddly enough, I had ran into people who knew who I was on the underground when I was going really, really hard doing music, and I was very, very surprised by that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, but anyways, moving on. Uh, I did get a chance to go down to Ground Zero where um, the towers were when I was out there, and it was very eerie. I remember just... I couldn't believe how big the craters were. They had already, you know, they had fenced everything off and they had, you know, memorials set up. They had signs uh, to tell you what buildings were standing there and what was around there. They had old pictures. Um, and if I remember correctly, looking down inside, um, they had water going through and it was, they tried to make it as presentable as possible. Um, and I remember just reading some of the some of the signs they had on the fence around it um just trying to learn um what it was like and i was standing there and i was taking pictures as well oddly enough this is funny uh, this is when you had disposable cameras <laughs> so yeah i was taking pictures with a dis disposable camera and i had a, at the time i had a a sidekick <laughs> so you know little flip phones and i was taking pictures that way um, but I was standing there and I remember a gentleman walking up to me because I looked so, I was in awe and he looked at me and he said, is this your first time here? And I said, yeah, I'm from California. I'm not from here. And he said, um, okay, let me give you some perspective. And he says, uh, you see this tower right here? And he points to this tower to the right of me. And I said, yeah. And it was really foggy that day. He said, uh, you see how tall that is? You could see the tip of that building going into the clouds, but you, you can see the end, like the very top of it. And I said, yeah. He said, well, to give you some perspective, imagine two and a half times that building stacked on top of each other, towering into the clouds to where you can't even see the top. Imagine two and a half times times two. So two towers. And I stood there and I just stared. And uh, man, I couldn't believe how, how big those buildings were. I mean, coming from California, coming from the West Coast, if you've never been in New York, if you've, and you've only seen these things on TV or in, in pictures and whatnot, like, you know they're, they're large buildings. Like, you do. You know they're large buildings. Um, and then that day, uh, seeing the planes fly into these buildings, you know they've got to be high because these planes are flying directly into these buildings. But when you go there and you stand where those towers were and you look up, and because it's in the heart, in the heart of the city, so you're still around. There's buildings that are insanely insanely tall and this guy is telling me those two towers were two and a half times the tallest building that was there right now and it gave me chills I I was trying to imagine as eerie as that sounds I was trying to imagine 
how massive the damage was when those things were coming down, crashing. And it just made me really sad, man. It made me really sad. It really gave me, it really hit home for me because that was an attack on our country. That was an attack on our home turf. It was an attack on a major city of the United States. And me being there was so surreal. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to go there because when I came back, I was able to talk to so many people that were close to me and let them know about it. And Because a lot of my friends had, had never been to the East Coast, never left California. So me going out there and experiencing that, everybody had questions. And uh, gosh, man, it's it's... I can't even put it to, into words like you just you would have to be there to really take in the uh, the massive impact that that had on New York and then how much it affected the entire country us watching it I remember where I was you know and I know when 9-11 comes around every year everybody says hey I remember where I was when this happened um, I was getting ready for work I used to work for AT&T Cable um, and I was getting ready for work, um, and the news was on, and I remember, uh, hearing something while I was brushing my teeth, and then my cousin telling me, hey, did you see that? And I said, is that real? Is that a, is that a movie? He's like, no, that was real. And I said, a plane flew into the, to the tower, like right now? And as we were saying that, on live TV, we see the second plane fly into the other building. And uh, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, I really couldn't believe it. I could not believe that uh, that it was real because it looked like something out of a movie. Um, and then I remember calling work and them saying that everything was going to be closed but to come in that we were going to have a company meeting and we all had to meet and uh, man i remember all of us being scared we basically assumed we were about to go to war um because that's what it felt like it really did it felt like we were about to go to war just saying that it gives it gives me chills because i remember I remember how nervous I was. And during that time, I was, you know, I was, what was I, 20, 26? Something like that. Maybe, yeah, 26. And uh, I just assumed we were going to war. And I was like, man, I had no kids. I wasn't married I, you know this was I was single as can be and uh I just remember trying to put this in perspective like man we we're we're going to go to war 
Anyways, it was a very, very eerie time. But one thing that I do remember is how much it brought the country together, how much it brought us all together. Um, for once, we forgot that we were all different when it comes to race and color and religion and nationality. For once, we were all Americans. We were Americans because we knew that if we were getting attacked, they weren't going to just pick certain colored Americans. They were going to pick America, and that, in that included all of us. And I remember that being the first time that I felt like for once we were all pooling together because we had to. And I want, I wanted to talk about that real quick um, before I get off into the other stuff that I wanted to talk about uh, because I want people to understand that we've got to get back to that where things are where we're unified again because for some reason in the current climate of our country right now we're dividing ourselves again we are now dividing ourselves by color again we are now dividing ourselves by our uh, our heritage our background and where we're from where our not necessarily us but where our ancestors are from and people get offended it's almost it's almost like if you're proud to be an american in today's time people look at you like you might be a racist and that upsets me and it should upset you even even if you um are out there protesting and doing all that it should still upset you because at the end of the day we are all americans i know we don't always get the same starting point in life and I know that we've got things to work on in this country. We're always going to have things to work on in this country. But the division that we're going through right now is going to kill us. A lot of us are fighting and digging up the past, which I do know that, yes, there are things in the past of this country that never got resolved. I get that. I want to be very clear with that. But we've got people who 
I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this because I'm no pro at this, okay? Uh, but we've got people who are so angry at the things that are going on in this country that they are claiming their nationality and their heritage where they're from the where their family where their ancestors are from more than they're claiming this country and believe it or not most people that are doing that have never even been back to the country that their family has been from whether it be Puerto Rico like my family or Mexico like my family I barely went to Mexico three years ago for the first time and I barely went to Puerto Rico 10 years ago one time but you got people who are claiming these other countries that have never once set foot in that country that maybe their ancestors are from and they're more proud of that than they are of the country that is actually giving them their freedom, giving them their benefits, giving them their their privilege. And that 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 upsets me because this is home. I know that because yes, I have family in Puerto Rico. Yes, I have extended family in Mexico. I don't know them. I wasn't born or raised there. And I'm four generations removed from all of those places. Just like a lot of people who may be listening or who may be out there watching. Um, And maybe you guys are even more generations removed. What I'm trying to get at is the unity and maybe... Gosh, it's 2020, man. A lot of these kids that are out there protesting, they have no idea how 9-11 was because they were just born or weren't even born yet. But the unity that happened once that terrible, terrible day happened was it was powerful because, yes, there were Latin Americans, black Americans, there were uh, Asian Americans, there were uh, European Americans that were born and raised here, there were, I mean, just everybody's background. But we all came together as Americans because we knew that if we were going to war, they were going to war with the entire country. They weren't going to pick a color or pick a nationality and single them out. And there was some sh- something about that that was very powerful to me, and I will never forget that. And all I'm trying to say is this. We need that right now. Because what's being pushed right now is not working. And I, I, I can't help but think that it's because of the election and because of everything that's going on and whatever. But I know it's not just that. I know there's a lot of other things, but I know... A big part of it is that. And all I'm saying is I feel like we should get, if we could somehow get back to a point where we realize that, hey, at the end of the day, if these countries that don't like us or the countries that we're having issues with, like let's say 
China or North Korea or whatever, if the, if there's a Russia, if there's ever a war, they're not going to come over here and say, okay, well, you guys are cool. We're gonna we're just gonna bomb this. No, they're going to go to war with the entire United States, and that includes you. Yes, you. Even even the person listening and watching saying, nope, not me, not me. Yes, you. You too. You too. It's a fact. I don't know how we get there. Like I said, I'm no pro at this. All I'm doing is talking on a podcast, throwing out ideas, and speaking my truth. I don't know how we get there. But I know how powerful that was during that time of 9-11. And I know that if we had that now, we could possibly get through what we're going through right now. Just a thought. Just a thought. Today is 9-11, and I just wanted to say that uh, I will always send out my condolences to those who were directly and indirectly affected by the events of that day. Uh, the first responders, the people who had family members and loved ones that were working in the towers, uh, everybody. My condolences will always go out on this day to those people who were affected. And I know there's been countless movies made regarding this movie, I mean, these events. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, it wouldn't sit well with me if I didn't, uh, talk about 9-11 on this date of September 11th. Um, so with that, I'm going to move on into a lighter, a lighter podcast. So, so to say, so, all right. So moving along. Um, now here's the thing. If you've listened to my podcast or you know me, um, which some of you may, may know me in person in real life. Some of you, most of you don't. Um, but I Uber drive from time to time. Okay. Uh, I have my own business, but, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur and sometimes there are slow times. Sometimes there are days that, or weeks that just aren't that busy. Um, and sometimes I'm extremely busy and I still Uber drive. Why? Because it helps me get my creative juices going. And, um, and, and while I'm driving, I'm, my brain is going, giving me business ideas. I'm thinking about business ideas, new ventures that I'm trying to do. Um, but it also gives me ideas to, about podcasts, about, you know, I'm driving and I'm, you know, getting on my phone and, putting notes on my phone like you, you can't see right here but I'm on the left of me I'm reading notes off my phone and these are all notes that I make while I'm driving um, and the other thing is I'm having some cool conversations and I meet some very very interesting people from all walks of life when I do that um, and that's what I did tonight man I you know I drove for maybe a couple of hours uh, didn't have to drive I just did it because I'm like, man, I need to, 
I've got so many things running through my head. I need to get out there and I need to get on the road and I just need to, I need to start thinking more. Um, because me sitting down, uh, it doesn't work for me like that. I have to be active. Um, so I drove. Uh, and anyways, and that's, that's how I, I realized it was 9-11. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast uh, tonight. I'm going to make sure I talk about 9-11. Uh, and then I'm just going to go into what's been going on with me and uh, what we call the perfect mess, right? Um, so with that being said, you guys can see that I am wearing my football jersey, right? And yeah, I'm a Niner fan. So yeah, and I'm a George Kittle fan. So this is my George Kittle jersey. Um, football is back. It's back. Are you excited? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I am sort of excited. And I think it's because of the fan thing. It, it's, it's the, it doesn't feel like this should have been the first game. Tonight was the first game uh, of the year. And it was between the Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs destroyed them boys pretty bad um Mahomes hasn't skipped a beat the Chiefs look strong uh but they had about 20 to 22 percent of the the uh the stands filled and they were all social distanced and it was just really weird man it just it didn't feel like it was the first game and probably be, be because it was you know there was no preseason games there was no build-up it was just we knew kind of knew that they were all practicing and then they were like hey by the way this week is the first game of the of the season and it just felt weird um so i did i watched it off and on tonight uh wasn't too hyped uh, i don't know if i'm gonna feel I'm, i mean i'm excited to see the niners you know uh but it just feels like a weird weird oh it's gonna be a weird season the, just the climate's off it just doesn't feel doesn't feel the same, you know, and maybe you feel the same. I don't know. Um, maybe it's just me, uh, but I doubt it because it just it just feels weird. Just like the same thing for basketball, the playoffs, the basketball playoffs are going on right now. And usually I'm super hyped about the playoffs um, because that's when basketball really, you know, ramps up. And yeah, it's just it's not the same. There's no fans in the uh, in the in the bubble. And seeing these digital fans on the screens while they're playing, eh. You know, I mean, they're still balling out. You know, LeBron's doing his thing, and um, Giannis got knocked out, which is which sucks. I like that guy. Uh, but it's just not the same. And the same with baseball. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm a huge, huge baseball fan. I'm a Giants fan. And... Although my Giants are playing really well right now, uh, and they're in the hunt to get a wild card, it just it's hard to get excited like normal because there are no fans involved. So, you know, what are you gonna do? Uh I am glad that there is the option to actually watch sports now because I'll tell you, throughout this COVID nineteen uh, not having all these things has been difficult. So I will say that I am thankful that we can, you know, if we want to listen or watch, there's an option to do that now. So that's, that's cool. 
Um, so I'll take it. Um, so again, I'm rocking my George Kittle jersey. I hope my boys have a good season. I'll be watching, uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully they start letting fans in at some point during this season because I usually go to about three or four games a year and uh, with my boys, and I hope that uh, we have the opportunity to go to at least a couple. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right? Hey, speaking of baseball, uh, this is not in my notes, but it just made me think. I was contacted by um, McCovey Cove Dave, who is the guy uh, who's basically the man in uh, McCovey Cove, which is where um, if you're in the stadium at Oracle Park where the Giants play and right field just over that wall, there's the cove. It's called McCovey Cove. And there's kayakers in there. So when the balls get hit out for home runs and they land in the in the cove, um, you see a bunch of kayakers going out there getting the ball. Anyways, McCovey Cove, Dave, is the main character uh super fan that is out there and he's everybody knows him anyways i was contacted by mccovey cove dave because they are going to be doing a bobblehead uh for him in his kayak uh because he caught um he caught yaz's splash a home run and they're going to have him holding the ball and they were going to have him hold a sign that said thanks yaz but if you remember from my story with my sons, they created this sign and this slogan called Hit It Here Yaz, which is how my kids went lightweight viral last year. And uh, anyways, Dave contacted me and said, hey, they had an idea to, to use this sign, but I told them I want to contact the Molina boys and see if I could use the sign Hit It Here Yaz for my bobblehead. So I was blown away and of course i'm i'm uh you know i was excited and i said yeah man why not you know what i mean that, that would be awesome the kids would love it he's like and i want to get you guys bobbleheads i want to i want to come down take some pictures and um and do a little bit of promo for it uh so if that's okay with you and i'm like of course you know it's re it's not about me it's more about my kids this is for them this is you know, they're never going to forget this. This has been something that's been riding for them for over a year now. And, and uh, it's a special thing for them. Uh, so I don't expect anything in return. I just want my kids to have memories, have experiences. And uh, this is going to be one of them. So when I told my boys, they were so happy. They're excited that their sign is going to be on a bobblehead. And, um, yeah, so if you're a Giants fan and you go to a game... Uh, I believe it's going to come out next year when there's a full season, hopefully, uh, and they will be releasing it. So hopefully uh, that happens for sure with the full season. And if you're a Giants fan or if you're just a fan who loves baseball and you end up going to Oracle Park and you get one, tag me in the picture because um, I think that's going to be pretty damn cool, man. So I'm looking forward to that. Again, shout-out to McCovey Cove Dave. Uh, I, I just, uh, man, that story just keeps on growing, man. It's, uh, it's nuts. And if you're not familiar with the story, uh, yeah, listen to podcast one. <laughs> uh, that's a long podcast, but, um, it's towards the, I would say three quarters of the way and you'll be able to hear the story. 
Um, and then other, if you really want to just hear the direct story, uh, there is a podcast that I did an interview with. Um, it's called Still Searching. So go to Still Searching. It's a podcast, and it'll say uh, the Molina Boys hit it here, yeah, story. Uh, and you can listen to that podcast, and it's literally just about that story. All right. Again, that podcast is called Still Searching. And um, yeah, enjoy it. If you like it, let me know. Um, and by the way, subscribe to my boy's podcast, too. All right. So if you're over there and you like his podcast, he's got a lot of other things that he talks about there. But we just happen to be one of the stories. So subscribe to that podcast. Still searching. Um, let's keep moving. Um, we had more fires uh, where I'm at in the Bay Area affect uh, affect our weather out here. And I'm telling you, we cannot get a break. Uh, if it isn't the virus and us having to social distance, wear a mask, and, and can't go and do anything, can't go. It's it's the fires. And again, now this time it was Oregon fires, but they're so massive that the 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 smoke has reached all the way out here. Uh, and some of you may have seen photos on my Instagram uh, that I shared that the sky was actually orange. It looked like it looked like Halloween. It was, or it looked like you, we were literally just someone photoshopped orange, but that's how bad it was over here. And it's been like that. So we can't get a break. So we can't, I can't have my kids outside running around like we normally do. I got to be careful when I'm doing my thing. It's just been one thing. After, I mean, okay. Does it feel like that for you? Or am I just tripping? It feels like it's just one thing after another, right? If if it's not the virus, it's the it's the it's the protest. And if it's not the protest, it's the rioting. If it's not the rioting, then it's the uh, it's the presidential race. And if it's not the presidential race and all that stuff going on, it's the um, lightning and the fires. And if it's not that, it's something else. It's just <sighs> or it's this whole. Hollywood is full of pedophiles and they're leaking all these stories and, and trying to tell us that all of the people that we grew up, grew to love that were actors and singers and all, they're all connected in this pedophile rank. Like, I'm like, yo, please, like, this is too much. I, I'm telling you, you got, it's, there has to be more people out there that feel like me. I, I feel like we are being tested this is a crucible right now. It's absolutely insane how many things are getting thrown at us right now. It is. And that's what it feels like. Again, this week with these fires. It feels like that. So bu building on that, or I don't know if that's the right term, uh, it cleared up a bit. And I said, okay, I'm going to get my boys because they have been itching to go hiking I said, okay, I'm going to take us away from over here because it was going to be 103 degrees. We're going to go to Carmel, which it'll be about 77 or whatever, 75. It'll be by the water. We'll hike about two miles, and then we'll get down to the beach, and then we'll hang out. Great idea, right? If, you've, if you're familiar with Carmel, you know it's beautiful. Took the drive, traffic up the Yang, and... Um, Right when we get there, we see all these signs. 
beach closed, beach closed, trail closed, trail closed. I pull into this little gas station and I ask the, the attendant and she says, everything was open until this morning the fire marshal came by. The fire chief said, we are closing all the beaches because the smoke from the fires is coming down this way and we don't want anybody on the hiking trails. We don't want anybody at the beach. People cannot be sitting and barbecuing and doing all these things that we just were closing everything. So we took, because of traffic, we took a two-hour drive uh, for nothing. And the kids, I had four boys with me. I had my two boys and the two kids that I coach, uh, Ricky and Deron. Uh, I coached them for baseball. Um, and everybody looked at me like, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I'm definitely not going back to San Jose where it's going to be 103. I said, listen, let's go get something. Let's get some snacks, whatever. Give me a minute. Don't get stressed out. Let me figure this out. We are not going home. We're going to figure this out. So I said, we're going to head back the other way because there's other beaches. And I'm going to see if there's a way for us to sneak on a beach. And uh, we took off driving. And I'm just in my brain. I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to figure this out. I got to get these guys. We got to do something. I come across this old military base, okay, and I see this huge, huge parking lot. It looks like you can land 10 spaceships there. Like, it's it's huge, uh, and there's nothing in sight. Like, there's no light towers or there's no nothing. There's, there's no people, nothing. It's you could probably put 10 to 15, maybe 20 football fields on it. It's that big. I'm not exaggerating. And I got this crazy idea because I have a small car. And I said, you guys want to learn how to drive? <laughs> and they all looked at me. Now, you got to understand, I have a 9-year-old, an 11-year-old, and two 12-year-olds, one who's going to be 13 in my car. And they look at me. Two of them said, yeah. And the other ones were like, I can't drive. I'm too small. And uh, I said, we're going to do it. You guys are going to learn how. You want to learn how to drive? I'm going to let you drive my car. I'm going to teach you. So we flipped a U-turn. I pulled into this parking lot. And my nine-year-old was the first. Put him on my lap. I handled the brakes and the gas. Taught him how to steer. Taught him how to use his blinker, and he absolutely loved it. Loved it. Um, there is pictures on my Instagram of this, and there's even video. Uh, but he was so, he had so much fun. And then from that, uh, from him, I let my 11-year-old Jordan, Jordan drive. And Jordan, so he's, so he was like, he's in between. So he's too big to sit on my lap so I can handle the pedals. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to pump, get my seat, and I'm going to, because can, you can actually hit the lever a couple of times and it'll go up. So I, I leveled it up, you know, as high as it can go. I pushed it close to the wheel. Um, I tilted the steering wheel up, and it was just enough to get him to where he could touch the pedals and to where he could hold the bottom of the steering wheel and kind of look, and it was fine. So I got in the passenger seat. I showed him how to you know, use his foot for the brake and the gas, and I had him test that. I 
had him rev it up and um and then i showed him how the gear uh would work i said you have to press down the brake don't just tap it you have to hold it and then move the gear and uh he was super nervous but he got it man and he had a blast <laughs> he was smiling and and uh i i just i don't know it was awesome to watch both of them driving uh and then we got to the big boys you know i let i let ricky drive next and ricky did really well um ricky told me he had driven his uh i believe his grandfather's uh car in mexico when he was in mexico so he he uh, he was nervous but he did really well um and it was really cool to see him be able to handle it um how to learn how to use the blinker and then deron was probably the funniest because deron had never driven before but he's the biggest kid and uh we got him in there and the funny thing is is like he, he was pressing the gas and he was realizing like all you had to do was press a little bit and it would go pretty good and uh and so all the kids were in the back seat and they were screaming and holding on and and uh it was just funny it, it just it, it was a really good time and uh these boys uh all they kept talking about the entire day was driving after that we spent a good 30 45 minutes just driving around you know driving around that whole parking lot it just and them learning how to brake how to stop how to hit the gas how to accelerate um how to turn and uh you know it goes back to what i said earlier making memories making um just giving these kids something to remember when they get older that they're going to be talking about forever um and that's that's what i'm all about man um that's what i'm all about not just for my kids as a father but as a mentor and as a coach um i always just want to give uh the kids that i coach mentor um i just always want to give them the best memories uh so when they grow up they can you know they can have stuff to talk about with their with their families and their kids uh and hopefully it helps them become better better young men uh you know so they can pass these things on when they get older uh so that was cool uh we ended up we did find a beach we after that we headed over to marina state beach uh we had to hike in there because the sheriff was like you know there's no parking here you can't bring no barbecue pits you can't bring no tents or whatever but you can go to the beach um just got to keep moving so we hiked we parked at a walmart and we hiked it all the way in and um one of the guards told us if we walked about a three minute walk on the beach past a brown fence that's the hotel side and we won't get messed with we can actually sit down so we did that and we stayed there for about four or five hours and the kids had a blast um i just sat there i got to read and you know me i like to read um I got to read and uh, hang out. We had our snacks, our lunch, and the kids just got to play in the water and, and have fun. So it ended up being a good day. We made the best of it. And um, that's kind of the way this whole COVID, these fires, and the way this whole year's been. It's been a complete juggling act, trying to find ways to keep things going and not staying home and getting depressed and and just letting ourselves go and losing hope um if i didn't have kids it would probably be easier to do that but i got kids you know and i got to keep them busy it's my job <clears throat> they're looking me, to me for that you know what i mean so 
Uh, I take pride in, in knowing that uh, I've been able to do that for the last, gosh, man, seven months. And it doesn't look like we, <laughs> we're coming out of this anytime soon. So uh, we'll see. I hope you guys are doing okay with it, man, because this has been something else. Um, I am still doing 75 hard. I am going into, I believe I just finished my 33rd day. Uh, which means that I have 42 days left, 42 days. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. But, um, let's see. Uh, I am down to 190, 190. Now, if you remember, my journey started a couple years ago. I was 252. So I am down 62 pounds. Um, over the last two years. Uh, and I know that sounds like a long time to lose 62 pounds, but it's been a journey for me. Uh, my life has been up and down, up and down, up and down, but uh, I'm down to 190 and, um, it's the lowest I've been in about 22 to 23 years. Excuse me. I'm going to drink some water cause my throat is acting up. All right. Um, so yeah, that's the lowest I've been in 22 or 23 years quite crazy i actually was surprised when i stepped on the scale and seen that um the cool thing about 75 hard is i've had more people this round asking me about the program um asking me or telling me they were about to start it and giving me the date they were going to start um and how am i dieting and what am i eating what's the most difficult part um so more and more people and a lot of them are saying, dude, excuse me, your results are undeniable. Like I've been watching you and they're undeniable. I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm sold. Um, and I've just made sure to tell them this is not a challenge. This is a program. And I'm going to tell you it's, it's not easy. It's hard. It's very hard. And if you mess up on something, you got to start from day one. So I've made sure to be very clear about that. Um, but it's very dope to see that a lot of people are messaging uh, and have questions and are keeping up with the progress that I've made, man. It's uh, it's cool. It's cool. And I appreciate you guys' messages. Um, 75 hard has been hard. Uh, it's been, well, let me say, it's been easier for me when it comes to... Uh, the dieting and the exercising because I'm also using my uh, an app called My Fitness Pal, which is helping me track what I'm eating um, and making sure that I'm staying within my diet, and it's also helping me track my exercises. Uh, I didn't do that the first uh, the first go around. I didn't use My Fitness Pal for. I only used it for my exercises. I didn't actually use it for my diet. Um, and this time around, it's give it's helping me because I'm able to log everything in and make sure that I'm staying within my diet. Um, and if I could give you a tip, not only uh, what I use if uh, I use a uh, map my run, which is what I use for when I run, when I bike, when I walk, uh, when I do the rucksack. Whenever I do that, I use uh, map my run. And then I use my fitness pal to track all my food and whatnot. So uh, 
you don't necessarily have to use either one of those. If there's something that does that, you know, that does the same thing and it's another program, by all means, I just suggest that you that you use um, use something like that to help you out. It'll make it easier and it'll help you keep track of everything. The other thing I want to tell you is, <clears throat> I just told a friend of mine from Fresno, uh, download the 75 Hard app. Uh, trust, I think it's 4.99. Come on now, it's 4.99. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just buy the app. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because the app has all the features for you to keep track of everything every day. And when you're done with everything, it'll actually set up the image for you to share it on Instagram to show that you completed your day. But it tells you, you can also set reminders. It'll tell you, hey, your first workout, you said this time, it's time to work out. Second workout, have you drank your gallon of water yet? Have you taken your progress picture yet? Um, stick to a diet. It has all those reminders, and you check them off throughout the day. And then once you checked off the final thing, it creates the Instagram image. You can share it. And then at the end, you can actually put a little journal entry. So uh, get the app. It's the 75 Hard app uh, from Andy Frisella. Uh, just go to the App Store, and you can find it. Um, I use that now, and trust me, do not do this program without the app um and the other thing is if this is your first time i'm not trying to get you to i don't get any money for this i don't i'm not sponsored by 75 hard i'm not sponsored by first form but i'm telling you because this is my second go around with 75 hard i will say it again if you don't have this book and i'm going to show you again for those of you on um on youtube Pick this book up and read it. I would say read it first before you do the program, but at the very least, pick it up and make it your first book that you have to read. So when you're doing the program, pick this book and start reading this book for your program, okay? Because you have to read 10 pages a day. If you're going to read the book, um, maybe you just read it while you're doing the program, all right? This will definitely help you. All right, so 75 Hard, the book, it is out. I believe uh, Andy said that they are restocked right now, but they sell out very fast, so try to get it. And don't get a bootleg. Don't. There's a lot of, I looked up on Amazon, there's some weird 75 Hard books. They're not this book, okay? Make sure you get the real one, all right? Go to Andy's website. I believe it's andyfrasella.com or, or, uh, or you can get it at 75hard.com, all right? So get the book, uh, and also get the app and i'm just trying to give you these tips because it'll make the program it's never going to be easy but it's going to make it a tad bit more manageable all right <clears throat> so that's that um that's what i have uh let me see today no yesterday my kids we were all talking in the living room and my kids said we were talking about how 2020 has just been a terrible year. I mean, let's be honest. It's been, they said, Dad, let's be honest. What's the worst year ever? It has to be 2020. I said, yeah, I, I agree. 2020 has been the worst year since I've been alive. In my 46 years, yes, September 22nd, I will be 46. <laughs> um, 
in my 46 years, 2020 is, is easily the strangest and hardest and worst year ever. But we're making it. Uh, and my kids agreed. I said, well, you're 9 and 11. So, yeah, I hear you. But then they said, what was your favorite year? And I said, what was my favorite year? Um, and that was easy for me. I said, it was the year both of you guys were born. I said, so for Jaden, it was 2011. And for you, Jordan, it was 2009. Those two years will always be my favorite years. And Jordan says, I know, Dad, Father's Day, right? Father's Day. Because he knows he was born on Father's Day and he was my Father's Day gift. And he'll always tell you that. And he reminds me. And if anybody asks him, Jordan, what makes you special? He'll say, because I was my daddy's Father's Day gift. And I, he was my first son. Uh, and Jaden, he knows how special he is to me because he loves to hear the story that I say about how he came out and how Jordan was really quiet when he came out. He stopped crying. He just looked at me and how Jaden came out and he was just screaming. And he was just a rager. <laughs> He loves to hear that story because he thinks it's so funny. But uh, I told them 2009 and 2011 were by far my best years because that's when I had you guys. And um, I said, what about you guys? And Jordan said, probably 2018, 2019, because that's the year we went to the most baseball games and we traveled to a couple of games and then we also went to the most football games. And that was the most fun. I had the most fun. And uh, he said, Major League Baseball, uh, Minor League Baseball, and we went to NFL football games. And I said, that, yeah, that was a good that was a good year. Huh? We went and seen a lot of games. Yeah, I agree. And Jaden says, 2018, because that's when Daddy started losing weight. And uh, I'm sorry if I'm getting quiet, <laughs> um, but that, that choked me up. And I said, uh, man, I said, thank you, buddy. And I said, why is that a good year for you? He said, because um, that's when you started working hard to lose weight and you just you're, you were more fun and you started playing with us more and we started training with you and I love that daddy and uh, man that made me feel really good He's nine, and I'll tell you, man, kids, kids will give it to you. Boy, they will tell you the truth. And, man, that one hit me. As you can tell, it, it's hitting me right now. Um, and that happened yesterday. And, uh, man, that's an amazing feeling to know that 
you've taken you've taken the initiative to to change your life to grab your life by the reins and say i'm never going to be that man again i'm going to take control of my life i'm going to i'm going to control my life and the way i look the way i feel and how i interact with my kids and how i live a more positive more healthy life i'm going to control that and then I'm also going to step aside and let God come and take control of the rest of me. Help me mentally, help me spiritually. And help me to become a better man overall. Uh, and to know that my nine-year-old has been watching very closely for the last two years means a, a lot to me because we sometimes don't think that our little kids are watching, but they're watching. Trust me, they're watching. And they know when you're trying and when you're not trying. So, as always, if I can give you a tip as a father, as a mother, if you know that there are things that you need to change in your life that could benefit your kids and you're procrastinating and you're putting them off on the back burner and you're saying hey I'll start Monday or I'll start at the top of the year nobody promised you Monday nobody promised you tomorrow nobody promised you 2021 Quite frankly, you might not make it to either one of those because nothing is promised. That's as real as it gets. So if there's something that you know you should be fixing or getting better or doing to, to change your life so it can better your relationship with your children, so it can better your life for you, so it can help you there are no guarantees, but so you can give yourself the best chance possible to be here as long as you can for your children and for their children. You need to do that. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to those children. I'm telling you from experience. I'm never going to tell you about stuff that I don't do or haven't done or wouldn't do. I'm always going to tell you from experience. I'm telling you. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know I, I live very, very open, very candid. And I share that with you. You know I'm telling you no lies. Everything that I do and I share with you guys, I do it because I want to help. I want to inspire. I want you to see if you know my background and know my history, where I came from and how I've pushed through to get better every day. And I want to encourage all of you who are watching, who are listening to do the same. And if you don't know how to do that, message me. Message me. Whether it be on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, whatever it is, message me. I'm... I'm no superstar. I'm no I'm no different than you. I don't live my life like that. If you have questions, you're not sure, you're just 
you're at a, a standstill. One of the things I love to do is help. And if you need help and you just want some answers to some questions you have, message me. And I will do what I can for you. Okay. <laughs> um, my son Jordan just finished uh, another book. Man, if you're keeping track, my son has been going ham. Both of my kids, but Jordan has been going ham. So he uh, he had already finished a Coach John Wooden book. Sports fans and just people in general, you guys should know who John Wooden is. Legendary coach, uh, basketball coach. He finished the, the Black Mamba book, the Kobe Bryant book that just came out. He finished that. And now he just finished the uh, Chasing Willie Mays book. Uh, he just wrapped that up today or yesterday. And uh, these are big books. These are, these, are, these are books that I've been testing him and giving both of my kids hard books. Books with 200, 300 pages. Books with vocabularies that's going to really stress them out and make them have to understand and ask questions. And he did it. He did it again. He finished Chasing Willie Mays, which is uh, a great book. Um, and I have them tell me they highlight the main topic of each page, and I have them tell me every time they read. Um, so they read back the main topic and explain it to me. Uh, the cool thing about this book was a friend of mine saw a photo of Jordan getting ready to start reading this book. And he messaged me and says, hey, he sent me a text message and he said, hey, man, um, I love the fact that you're making your kids uh, read um, and you're letting them choose the books. And they're not easy books, but you're letting them choose the books that they want to read um, and that you're having them every day read five to ten pages a day. And I love that. Um, I have something that I would like to send you as a gift for your son, and hopefully it gets there before he's done reading this book because it ties into this book, and I want to make sure that he gets it. Um, so when he's finished, I would like him to have it as a gift. And I was like, sure, this is my boy Gene from Denver, Colorado. Uh, Gene, I love you. You, um, you have just always been uh, a really good friend to me, man. Uh, when I was living in Colorado, just, you know, man, we had a connection, bro. And I, I really appreciate you. And I'm so glad that you are still in my life. Uh, you, you know, life has changed for all of us, but, um, we're still around, man. And we're still friends and we're still just in this, in this race. Right. Um, but Gene, what he did was he sent my son, an extremely uh, vintage Willie Mays baseball card. And he sent it in a case. So it was in a plastic case, like a, like a hard one, like that has a cover, it's like a shell. Uh, so it didn't get damaged. And I, uh, I, I immediately wanted to text him and say, dude, I cannot, I can't have, this is crazy. This is a, like, I know this card is worth some money. Like, I used to be a baseball card collector. I'm no, I'm not new to this. And he said, no, nah, man, listen to me. Your kids are Giants fans through and through. I had the card. I would love to give it to them. Uh, 
so he has it as some memorabilia and especially because he's reading the book on Willie Mays right now. So Jordan got that card. He finished it and I and I brought it to him and I let him read the card that Gene sent and he uh and he read and he read it and he when he heard that it was a card he was his eyes got big and then I said, Here you go and I had him open up the little bag and uh he was blown away. He loved it. Um and immediately uh, after we took some pictures, he had me put it up with his baseballs um, that he for little league, and then he has a a ball over there for Yaz, and um, so we put it up there with the card and the book, and a uh, very special moment, man. Very very special moment. Um, again, thank you, Gene, and uh, man, you're just really appreciated, man. Thank you for giving my son something to remember. Um, Jaden Schmidty is uh, is almost halfway through his Joe Montana book, and um, he I've been taking it easy on him because uh, man homeschooling uh, is is been a task and he gets a lot of work. I, I will give him that. So I've had to take it easy on him and and let him skip some days of reading because they are bombarding my little man with so much work uh, and. It's just a different time right now. It's not like the kids are in school, you know, seven, eight hours a day. They're at home now. So it's it's a task. It's a task. <laughs> Again, man, parents, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Moms, dads, man, I, I, I know you feel me on this. It is not easy, um, Especially if you have two kids, uh, one that's in elementary school and another one who is now in middle school, uh, and he has six classes. If you have a high schooler, I'm assuming high school would be a little bit easier because the kids are older and they can kind of just do their thing with their Zoom meetings. Maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's been a task. Um, He did pick his next book, Jordan. Jordan picked his next book, uh, and it is a book on Carl Yastrzemski. Um... He thought it was very cool when I went to Boston and Carl Yastrzemski, which is Mike Yastrzemski's grandfather, threw out the first pitch to Mike, and uh, Mike caught it. And he has been intrigued by Carl Yastrzemski uh, after I kind of told him that he's a Hall of Famer and that is Mike Yastrzemski's grandfather. He's been intrigued by him. So uh, we ordered the book um, and through Amazon, and uh, it should be here uh, any day now. So that'll be his third book, uh, fourth book, and uh, this one has like 300 pages or something. So he's taking on another tough book. Um, I have also, gosh, man, I need to chill out. I have picked up three more books. Um, I am still reading uh, Questions to a Zen Master. I'm, I should be finishing that this weekend. Um, and I was going to read The Alchemist, but, ah, man, I... I think I'm gonna go here. This is this is a new book that I just got in. Um, I'm about to nerd out on you guys in a minute. If you, if you're not ready for that, then you can fast forward or pause it. But I'm gonna nerd out right now. Okay. Um, this is if you're on YouTube, you can see it. Um, what I'm showing everybody on YouTube is the new book I got is called The War of Art. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I have saved this book from a couple of screenshots on Instagram because I've seen so many people talking about it. Um, and this is a book by Stephen Pressfield, uh, and it's called uh, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battle. 
um, a vital gem, a kick in the ass. So uh, I've heard a lot of great things about this. So I might just jump off into this right after the, uh, the Zen book that I'm reading. All right. So this is a book that I just got in the mail. I just purchased this. Um, again, The War of Art. And my other two books, I'm actually waiting for them in the mail. They're, they should be here within the next couple of days. Um, the first one is called A Child's Mem uh, Memories of Cartoons and Murder. This book is special to me because it's from a high school friend of mine named Tanya McKenzie. Uh, she wrote a book, and I'm pretty damn happy about that. I think that is the coolest thing ever because if you know, that is something that I plan on doing is writing a book. Um, but Tanya McKenzie, uh, she, her uncle was one of my coaches uh, when I was on the Frostoff baseball team. Uh, at Independence High School, um, and she was a cheerleader. We played football. She was a cheerleader, and she just hung. She was, she hung around all of us, man. She was like the homie, and uh, and she still is. And um, she she wrote a book about her childhood. It's it's called, again, it's called the Child's Memories of Cartoons and Murder, uh, and this is a, a very personal book, from what I understand. Um, and I told her when I saw her at, uh, at the reunion that I was going to buy it, that I wanted to support her. So I did that, and she was extremely happy when I shared that I did that on Instagram. And, and so I'm looking forward to reading this book. Um, again, A Child's Memories of Cartoons and Murder by Tanya McKenzie. That is a, a woman that I went to high school with. Very cool, very cool person. Uh, the third book that I bought <clears throat> is... Brace yourself, because some of you guys are going to be very triggered right now. Um, I bought the move, the uh, the book Blackout from Candace Owens. I know you guys are, she triggers a lot of people, but listen. She may trigger you guys and that are listening right now. Um, but when somebody triggers people or someone is being called names or being uh, people are trying to cancel I usually my antennas go up and I want to see why somebody is uh, potentially trying to be canceled or they're calling this person names or they're uh, yeah or she triggers or this person triggers people I get curious uh, Candace Owens is a is an African-American woman who is a Republican and very outspoken and if you're listening to this you probably heard her name because she was the woman who was going back and forth with Cardi B on the internet on Twitter uh, and Instagram and it got really really juicy for <laughs> for some for uh, for some time it was it was interesting to to watch them two go back and forth um, but anyways, the, the book is called Blackout, How Black America Can Make It Can Make It Second Escape from the Democrat Plantation. So this is a totally different type of read for me. I bought the book because I am super curious what the buzz is about this woman. I followed her on Instagram because I'm just I'm I am intrigued. I'm curious to learn uh how she became a Republican and her theories as to why 
Um, she thinks um, people of color have been lied to by the Democratic Party. Um, and I'm just curious as to why she thinks that and her theories behind that and how she's trying to get people to people of color to leave the Democratic Party and become Republicans. That intrigues me. Kill me. Sue me. It intrigues me. Um, I'm all about learning about stuff that doesn't necessarily agree with what I normally, you know, stand for. And so I do that from time to time. And honestly, if I could recommend anything, I would recommend you guys do that, too. Um, because if you listen to the last podcast, podcast 12, where I talked about victimhood, um, one of the thing, one of the things I said in there was we don't learn anything by hanging around people who do the same things we do. We learn by being around people who look at the world completely different than us. Why? Because they look at the world completely different from us. And if we are smart, we open our ears. We don't have to agree with everything, but listen, have a dialogue, let people talk, let them make their point. And if you think it's an idiotic point, then debate it. Okay? Debate it. Okay? Um, and, and make your own statement and say, no, nah, I think you're wrong, and here's why. But I think it's very important that we not only listen um, and allow people to talk uh, and explain their side, but, yeah, read books that you don't typically think you should read. Gosh, man, uh, my cousin told me that he he read the Quran. He read uh, he read books on Buddhism. He read books on Christianity. He read books on um, being uh, a Jehovah Witness. Like he's read all these religious books because he wanted to understand. Even though he thought, man, some of this stuff is outlandish. He read them anyway because he wanted to understand why. Because he wanted to sound and be more educated that if he got into these conversations with people, he was speaking from a place of intelligence because he did his research. Not just someone who has an opinion because it's something that they grew up thinking was hogwash. You understand what I mean? And that's, that's my theory with everything that I do. I don't want to talk about anything because that's just how I grew up and we don't see things that way. No, I want to learn about people who don't look at things the way I do, and I want to understand it. So if I get on a podcast or if I do an interview or if I, I go speak to a group of people about a certain topic, I want to speak from an, a, a place of intelligence of, of so that people can say, you know what, he, this guy knows what he's talking about because I read that book or I seen that interview. He knows what he's talking about because he, he's, he's talking about this book. Even though he doesn't agree with it, he's talking about it from a place of intelligence. It's not just, oh, well, I grew up this way and I just never looked at life that way, so that's whatever. Nah, don't do that. Don't cut yourself short. So for those of you who are blown away that I would read a book from Candace Owens, sorry, not sorry. Um, I'm looking forward to reading that book, actually, because um, following her on Instagram, I got to say, I do like 
her take on a lot of things. Um, I can see how she pisses a lot of people off. Um, but it is what it is. Um, she kind of is, it's not the norm. <laughs> it's not the norm for people of color to be re Republicans. I think a lot of people know that because think about this. If you, if you are a person of color, that means Latinos as well. You catch heat if you tell the world you're a Republican. You really do. Um, so I'm reading this book when it comes. Uh, I don't know when I'm reading it, but I'm glad I got it because uh, I'm interested to see what she's got to say. All right. Um, that's pretty much all I have, guys. That's all I have. I just wanted to basically talk about um, everything that's been going on here. Um, and also touch on 9-11 and, you know, just basically do a podcast for 9-11, um, and speak about that a little bit, being that it is the, um, um, the anniversary of 9-11 today. All right. Um, and again, let me reiterate before I get out of here, um, the most powerful thing that happened and came from 9-11 for me was unity, was that the fact that Everybody put their differences aside and realized that if this really goes down the way we think it's going to go down, we are all in the same boat together. We are all Americans. Black, white, Asian, Latino, uh, Native American, Indian, European. If you grew up here, if you were raised here, it doesn't matter. If you are living here, guess what? You are American. And if it goes down... They're not going to call time out to ask you. It's just going to go down. And that was the most beautiful and most powerful thing that I took from 9-11. And, and I'm telling you, if you're young and you don't know, and you weren't born when 9-11 happened, or you were just born, and you, or you were too young to remember, please take it from me. If somehow we can get there during these times it would be the best for us as a country because right now it's crazy out there all right like i said i don't have a tv to watch the news and stuff but you don't need one nowadays you get on social media you're going to come across the videos and stories of of all the chaos that's going on if we can get to a point where we can put our differences aside and realize that we are Americans. We will get through this. We've got a lot of stuff to work on, and it's never going to go away. It's never going to be perfect. It's not. And we're always going to have things to fix. Racism is never going away. You're never going to convince everybody to get along based on color, based on your background. It's not going to happen. But we can get through this and get better if we understand that we are all Americans at the end of the day. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, stay blessed. Uh, keep your faith. And um, thank you so much for checking in again with the uh, with the podcast, Perfect Mess. 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram at it's player Ray. That's R A E or at the perfect mess pod. I'm also on Facebook, the perfect mess podcast. Um, and on YouTube as well. Just search the perfect mess podcast with Ray Molina. Uh, thank you so much. Um, as always, I don't ask for anything. If you enjoy the show, if you like what you hear, if you think that somebody should hear this, please share it. The only way this thing works, the only way this thing grows is by you guys sharing it. If you like it, uh, please share it. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Snapchat. Share it on uh, Facebook. Um, whatever it is, take the episode and share it on via text and say, hey, I really think you should listen to this podcast. It's dope. Please subscribe, please share, please comment, please leave a rating. Um, I just I just really uh, hope that you guys enjoy the content. Uh, I'm just giving you me. I am by no means a professional at this. It's just, I'm just a guy who has a, a crazy life if you listen to Podcast One. And uh, this is helping me make sense of all of that. And hopefully it's helping you make sense of something that's going on in your life. All right. Again, I love you guys. Stay blessed. Keep your faith. Um, and thank you again for tuning in to the Perfect Mess Podcast. This has been episode 13. I'm your host, Ray Molina. Thank you. Love you. Peace. Perfect Mess is my Perfect mess Perfect mess